International rugby coverage on the Country Sport Breakfast is proudly brought to you by Access Solutions, elevating you and your business to a higher level. Well, time to talk uh, rugby now with New Zealand Herald rugby writer Gregor Paul, who's probably got his bags packed, raring to go with the ABs. They fly out tomorrow, don't they, Gregor? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, they do. Uh, except I don't have my backpack yet. I'm uh, particularly disorganised. Need to get myself into gear, get ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting exciting. It's getting real. One of the big stories, and, and there's a couple um, that we'll chat about today, but one of them is the saga surrounding England captain Owen uh, Farrell. And it doesn't look like that one's going to uh, go to bed real soon. Looks like there could be uh, more backlash on that. What do you think? Oh, there needs to be. It's yeah. outrageous. Yeah. Look, I, I've seen that tackle. I think everyone's let's had a look at it. And who's got any kind of understanding of, of where the current landscape sits in regard to high challenges where there's a direct connection with the head. I mean, that's, that's, as, that's as patent as you're ever going to see. That's a, that's a red card all the way, and it's whether it's a three-week, four-week, or a five-week ban or whatever it might be. It's not jeepers. Let's get the world's best legal uh, guy to, to come and defend him, and jeepers, he's managed to get him off entirely, back down to yellow card, no suspension. Uh, and I think with this whole shadow of concussion hanging over the tournament with the class action in the UK and Wales with all these players who are now you know, in terrible distress because of the head injuries they've accumulated playing rugby over the years, uh, I, I just cannot fathom how on earth this can be a credible decision to to withdraw the, the, the red card and let this guy play the opening game for England at the World Cup. It's ridiculous. In fact, he's playing this weekend in a warm-up match against Ireland, I believe. Well, yeah, and look, I mean, he's the England captain, which makes everyone go, well, you know, is that what the deal is here? Who's the England yeah. captain? They want him at, you know, World Rugby want him at the World Cup because he's a big star. They want England to do well for lots of reasons. I mean, you can't help but have these thoughts that there's a conspiracy of some kind, particularly when there was a tackle in the Tonga v Canada game um, by George Moala, the former All Black, now playing for Tonga, where it was a bad tackle. It was a tip tackle where he lifted the guy up. But to be honest, you know, if you watch enough rugby, I looked at that and went, well, that's probably a red card, which it was. But he's been suspended for 10 weeks. Now, he gets 10 weeks in a challenge, which I thought was maybe a sort of two weeks, three weeks at most kind of suspension. Farrell, who commits a tackle, which I think was at least five, if not six-week ban, gets off completely. One guy playing for England, one guy playing for Tonga. Mm. You draw the mm. dogs and tell me how that works. Yeah, but I don't think we've heard the last of that one. Watch this space. Oh, the other big story that um, you, you wrote about yesterday in the New Zealand Herald about the All Blacks and why more All Blacks will in the future maybe become the enemy. Yeah, like I think the change in eligibility law is going to take a wee bit of time to play through this change. What I'm talking about, of course, is the ability now to represent a second nation in your career if you're qualified for that nation. And that we're seeing, I uh, just mentioned George Moala, who's one of them, you know, playing for, uh, who's former All Black, now playing for Tonga. There's a few in the Tongan team, Malakai, Sekatoa, Charles Pieta, who, look, just by quirk of fate, they were qualified to do so because they'd already served a three-year stand-down period. Not knowingly, it's just the law changed at that time and they hadn't played for the All Blacks for three years, so they jumped back in to play for Tonga. What I think we will see, though, is players make more calculated decisions around that and say, well, look, I have the ability now to play for the All Blacks and because I'm Tongan or Samoan or Fijian or whatever I am, but particularly those three nations because I think the pool of those nations will be strong. 
Um, I think guys might plan careers and go, well, look, I might try and you know play two-thirds of my career with the All Blacks and maybe a third with Tonga or Fiji or whichever country I'm qualified for because I think it's important for a lot of these players. They really want the opportunity to wear that jersey of their heritage nation, to represent the family, the people. Uh, it'll be almost a spiritual experience for them, as people are finding out. And, and I think guys will career plan around doing that. The 2027 World Cup could be a very, very different-looking World Cup, couldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, look at look at both New Zealand and Australia right now in terms of the Pacific influence on both teams. Yeah. Uh, particularly Australia, actually, who are playing Fiji at the World Cup. And, you know, Australia bringing a heavy Fijian contingent in their own team. Now, you just sort of imagine what would happen if uh, those four guys, uh, you know, stand down at the end of the World Cup and say, actually, finish with the Wallabies. We want it next World Cup. We want to go and play for um, Fiji. And, you know, there's a handful of guys in the All Blacks. There's Richie Mwanga, um, Lester Fanganuku, Shannon Frizzell, who had uh, very strong links to Tonga, uh, who, who might do the same, who might be playing for the All Blacks at this World Cup, but decide, actually, quite fancy the idea of playing for Tonga at the next one. The other one is the Blues prop, Alex Hodgman, who's actually uh, now signed uh, for the Reds because, well, he's eligible to play for Australia because his dad's Australian. Yeah, and look, there'll probably be quite a few like Alex, who, given the you know the proximity and, and the strong links, there's a lot of Kiwis who have you know Australian parents or a lot of Kiwis who are actually born in Australia but come back and live in New Zealand. And I can't think of names off the top of my head, but there will be guys who are like Alex who've maybe played for New Zealand uh, or who have maybe even played for Australia and decide actually I want to come back and you know and see if I can uh, swap over. So like I think it's going to become. I don't think it'll be a huge numbers, but there'll certainly be players who will look at that as a as a pathway for them to represent different sides of their lives. Fascinating. All right, well, I'll let you go and pack and uh, enjoy the trip over to the old country, and uh, we'll talk during the World Cup, Gregor. Well, do. Thanks, mate. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. <sighs> and when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, or a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.